Welcome to Dig It. This is Edge with my co-host, Corey Lynn of Corey's Jigs. How's it going, Corey? It's going all right. How about you? Doing well, doing well. Things are kind of crazy. It's that time of year where it's like you get slammed with a million things. It's and... flying. A week is like a day. Uh, do I have that backwards? A week is like a day. No, a day is like a week. Yeah. It's just, it's just hauling ass. It is. Way too fast. Yeah. A lot of stuff. And uh, so we're going to go over several things today. Irina, my report uh, on Irina, which is an agency with immunities and privileges that we need to discuss because they're heavily, heavily involved and key players in the climate hoax and siphoning trillions into climate hoax slush funds. So, Which we know is the prime agenda that pushes out to all of their other agendas. Yes. And so we'll we'll spend probably the bulk of the time talking about that. But some other things that we were going to go over, the railroad strike and Congress taking action um, to try to stop the railroad strike, uh, how that's going to affect supply chains if it doesn't go through. Uh, Ukraine and the 2030 World Fair. That's interesting. Uh Uh Felony charges for Biden's cross-dressing nuclear official. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, human trials for Elon's Neuralink implants coming soon. And if we have time, we'll talk a little bit about truckers. So let's get into Lots it. Lots of crazy little psyops going on. Yes, all the time. All the time. And speaking of PSYOPs, climate hoax has to be up there as one of the biggest, right? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. So um, I wrote this report and the purpose of this report that we just published on Corey's Digs um, is really to drill down further into what you previously reported on in your laundering with immunity report, which you illustrate very clearly that there's a vast web of organizations. I love this uh, image here because it kind of breaks it all down and shows you where the money flow goes. Right. Um, But yes, so um, there's a vast number of, and this web of organizations with privileges and immunities And they're laundering money and centralizing control at the top with zero transparency or accountability. Well, IRENA is just one of those agencies. So in this report, I'm looking closely at just one of these agencies, IRENA. They're the International Renewable Energy Agency. And I show how they act as this global hub for governments, uh, other international intergovernmental agencies, NGOs, um, and private sector for laundering vast sums of money through the climate hoax scam. And I remember Irina and many of the organizations that they work with also have these privileges and immunities that enable them to operate without oversight. And so they, yeah, were- I mean, they're working with probably, what would you say, uh, at least a dozen of the organizations I have listed in the laundering with immunity report. Yep, exactly. So that just so shows you 
how far out this coverage extends. Right. And with IRENA, I mean, they work closely with the UN, of course. And the UN has, for example, it, the, the UN has so like layers upon layers of immunities. Yep. And, the and UN, arms. Yes. And <laughs> the UN considers uh, IRENA to be the lead intergovernmental agency for their total global energy transformation. So this is not a small player. This is like the leading intergovernmental agency yep. for their wealth, giant wealth transfer under the climate hoax. And so I get into the layers of immunities that IRENA has. Um, and, you know, this is we're talking about from the headquarters agreement in the UAE, which is where they're located, to their statute, which provides immunities with each of the member states to mm -hmm. the UN headquarters agreement that covers them because they have a permanent office there. <laughs> and to the Obama executive order giving them immunities. So they have layers upon layers of immunities and that's that protect them from oversight and from any kind of real accountability. And the same and, and goes. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so, so people understand, we're talking when we say immunity or protection, okay, documents are inviolable their um headquarters inviolable they they are under no court jurisdiction uh in many cases you know like police military can't get involved everything is handled and audited internally and employees that work with them are often also covered uh in their travels many times they're covered and i would i would wager to guess that with all of their layers uh, it's the same where they don't have to deal with customs. They don't have to deal with mm -hmm. um, many of the things that, you know, us average Joes would or other companies for that matter. Um, they also, you know, their finance, their financials completely, every, all documentation, financials. So sure, they can say they're being transparent and they can put out, you know, and I know you're going to get into some of these financials, but so they can say what it is they're spending or where that money's going, but we have no way to validate any of it. Right. Because there, a lot of times and definitely with IRENA and, and with a lot of times with these other organizations, all of their members are shielded from any kind of legal process. As you mentioned, all their official documents um, are shielded from that kind of legal process. So there is no way of like an outsider, you know, auditing and saying, is this report that they're putting out accurate? And they'll say, mm -hmm. yeah, we use third parties, but th these third parties are like part of the club. Right. You know, right. So and they get really massive tax exemptions too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So th this is how they can, you know, control completely the narrative. It's because and, and there's operate no outside the law. Yeah, because there's no way of actually um, forcing them to open up the books and say, okay, where is all the this money actually going? Right. And um, this money, it really does go, doesn't just all flow through IRENA. IRENA is more of like a, a hub or a platform for other agencies to work together and transfer money. And so you'll see not all of the money goes directly through IRENA. It just 
just acts as more of a facilitator, right? Oh, so, yes. so even if they're putting out their financials, you're not going to get the full scope of right. really the massive transfer of wealth because it's really this web of organizations all with, you know, the privileges and immunities that can, you know, work together and transfer well, right. all this and money. Even and even so, I I see that one of your one of your points here um, is that they worked with Clinton Climate Initiative, which uh, I've covered them extensively. And so, whereas the Clinton Climate Initiative, you know, the Clintons may not have immunity, but I bet if we were to dig deep enough, we would find some sort of an agreement because I've already found this in others, which will be coming in future reports, that they also are often given the authority to extend immunities to those they're working with, whether that's um, during their travel or inviolable documents or stuff like that, or they'll right. have NDAs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, and the case with the Clinton climate initiative, um, for, first of all, maybe just back up the, the <laughs> lot of the organizations that Irina works with, they have the same sort of privileges and immunities. And we're talking from the UN to the WHO, to the World Bank, to all of these organizations. But, you know, um, when I talk about, for example, the Clinton Climate Initiative, as you just mentioned, which you did a report on the ship direct on 10 islands with Clintons and Branson. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they they partnered not just with Clint, the Clintons, but UNDP and the World Bank, which we know have immunities and privileges as well. So, All right. So you got triple immunity and they're mm -hmm. working with the Clintons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And that doesn't even include the banks under immunities and privileges that they're probably operating the funds through. Right. And so you can see, you know, a lot, all of these are like major players in this whole globalist takeover, new world order takeover. We've got the Clintons, <laughs> yeah. Rockefeller, the UN, the World Health World Health Organization, World Bank. I mean, they European Commission. Yeah, they've they're working with all of them uh, simultaneously. So. Um, but one of the key duties for IRENA is to produce reports, which are echoed by all the key climate hoaxers from, you know, the UN to Al Gore. You know, they rely <laughs> on IRENA's reports to validate. It's like this kind of. It's like the World Economic Forum. Yeah, like they just recycle. It's like, Irina, you produce the reports, then we'll echo them ad nauseum mm -hmm. until it just permeates through and everybody yeah. eventually believes this to be true. It's the same play. It's the same play in every industry. We've got, you know, the scientists, you've got the universities, you've got the World Economic Forum or the UN. They're all there. It's the same damn play. They they manufacture the false narrative to actually convince people that carbon's bad for us, even though it provides our food and oxygen and uh, we wouldn't survive without it. But, oh, there's such a thing as an overabundance that could harm us. So let's remove all the cows because they're farting too much. I mean, it's insane right. that people it's are insane. buying into this. Absolutely insane. All over but one and a half degrees, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Yeah. So, but you know, their reports will, they'll say, oh, this is how great renewables are, or this is how many jobs we're going to create. It's so BS in most but of they their don't. reports. They don't. Look at, look at smart meters. I was just thinking about this the other day because they're going to start using uh, smart meters. And just for fun, I actually had contacted my local utility company and said, so these smart meters you want to put in, um, how do they work back to you? Like, uh, she's like, oh, we can just get a read on the meter. I said, oh, really? So you can't turn it off or, you know, turn off the electric, stop the gas. You can't control it or monitor it or control any settings remotely. No, no, no. Bullshit. Yes, they can. That's where this is all headed. And so you look at those. Well, we used to have employees that would come around and they'd read the meters. They wiped out all those jobs when they installed these smart meters. And we could probably come up with 10 different examples of every time they pull stuff like this and make it seem like they're creating more jobs. They're actually removing jobs. Exactly. That's it's, the goal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So but the, simultaneously, while they're pumping up renewables and saying how many jobs they're going to create, they're, they're also um, saying how dangerous the climate is, how dangerous oil, gas, and coal are. This is how, you know, this <laughs> Let's is just get rid the of climate. And oh yeah, we need another four and a half trillion a year to save the planet for a total of a hundred and thirty-one trillion dollars. Let that wow. sink in for a second. Hundred and thirty-one trillion, and that's all over the course. Uh oh, up that's through twenty fifty. Yep, is it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and this oh. is how we're going to get you know that money. We're going to carbon tax everyone including individuals, but also definitely mm. the energy sector and businesses. These are how their reports go. Yeah. And we're going to take those trillions from the energy sector and from the taxpayers and everyone and that you know actually fuel this all actually fuels the entire economy when you take you know the money away from the energy se sector that yeah. fuels the entire economy and we're gonna dump it into these slush funds held by organizations that have immunities and privileges so you'll never really know where all that money went although we will tout this little project here look what we're doing in africa hey look what we're doing here over in these small islands but, you know, we're not going to actually show you everything <laughs> about where all the right, money went. Right. And, you know, since we're going to be later on talking about uh, Elon's wonderful AI Neuralink um, that he just, you know, discussed recently, wasn't it just the other day, just mm -hmm. within the last couple of days about human trials? Uh, he's for carbon tax credits, just so people know. All right. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can get find into... videos on that of him actually talking about that. So he's for it. <laughs> there you go. Well, one of these reports I want to highlight that Irina, Irina did because it very specifically predicted all of the supply chain and economic turmoil that we're seeing today. And they put this report out in 2019 prior to COVID. Mm. So and this just reminds me of a lot like event 201 how they predicted covid in 2019 this irena report predicted war social unrest supply chain disruptions fuels price instability debt huh. crisis all of this and i believe hmm. this report served actually as a blueprint rather than a warning right Just oh yeah they do that all the time in the same way that Event 201 did. Sometimes but, they even refer to them as blueprints. 
<laughs> yeah. But these guys are our key players in shaping the narrative, funneling trillions into the climate Ponzi scheme, and influencing policies like carpet taxing and smart meters, which they have definitely mentioned in their reports. Hmm. And um, so, in, in fact, at the G20, um, when the members of the G20 signed an agreement to continue to funnel money to the climate boondoggle while hmm. simultaneously enforcing global vaccine passports, digital IDs, digital currencies. They accredited IRENA and many of those other agencies that you included in your immunities reports for their policy contributions on the G20 uh, agreement. So mm -hmm. this is showing you just how powerful these organizations that have zero oversight um, right. are on affecting a policy policies that are going to affect us from everything from how we're taxed, carbon taxing, to how we're controlled with our uh, our rationing of our, in our energy, essentially through smart meters and so forth. And so it's something that we definitely need to pay attention to. But I think the bottom oh. line is that, and we've reported on this numerous times, really this is all about the global debt crisis that they became aware of in 2019. And it started to fall apart then. And then they've used COVID and climate to implement control measures since then, so that when the economic system does finally collapse, they can seamlessly reset the system without the citizens and the, you know, you know, uh, uprising, being able to, they have control mechanisms to suppress the, the resistance. Well, and what's really important <clears throat> for people to understand and why I want to keep hammering the whole laundry with laundering with immunity and, and bringing more information out about this is because I think one of the most common things you see across social media is who do these people think they are? Oh, who cares? They're just billionaires or what? Just because they said so, that doesn't make it law. Well, when you have a group this large that operate fully outside the law, it's not even above the law. It is completely outside the law. And with this level of protection, now you understand how it is they're getting away with it and why it just continues to push forward. We need to get our our legislators involved. It's like I keep saying with the laundering with immunity, this this was all setting aside the the treaties and the headquarters agreements. The the ones that we did here, which I think is what like 70, uh, 76 international organizations that we gave these immunities to, um, that needs to end. That was all done back in was it 44 1944 1945 under the guise of you know rebuilding and restructuring after world war ii uh and yet we see obama just gave irena the immunities and privileges under that act in 2015 i mean how many years are we going to continue to push this under <laughs> under that that headline you know so congress needs to remove this um put an end to this act altogether 
and remove these immunities. And there's no reason for this. Absolutely no reason for this. It's just allowing these control mechanisms to move forward. And like I said, the treaties are a whole separate thing. Headquarters agreements, though, happen once they have a treaty or they have this, um, the International Immunities you know, Act that they're given these pr uh, privileges under. So, so those would kind of go away as well. Um, but that's, that's really what needs to happen here to put a halt to this. And I mean, that would put a hard halt. Imagine if all of a sudden, I mean, that's why these people walk around like they are untouchable. Right. And, and because they are. Right. <laughs> and now that we have a small control and you know, a small majority in the House. Hopefully we can stop a lot of this wasteless, wasteful spending because that's, you know, you cut off their, their, their money supply, you know, because while um, they're, they've put the control mechanisms, mechanisms in place, they're hastening this financial collapse and centralizing mm -hmm. all the power and money and control at the top with right. all their COVID relief packages and inflation reduction acts. And mm -hmm. these agencies with immunities and privileges have the ability to facilitate that massive transfer of wealth with zero fear of reprisal. So you're right. Cutting off the immunities and privileges needs to happen, but also cutting off the purse strings, cutting the purse strings. So, oh, yeah. Um, to, you know, the, the this massive flow of trillions. It's like, you know, Ukraine is nothing compared to the amount of money that they're putting into the climate hoax. <clears throat> and um, where is that money actually really going? Well, it's being centralized, as you've really pointed out pretty clearly in this diagram. It's being centralized all at the top. Um, we're being robbed of our nation's wealth and national sovereignty um in order to create this collapse faster so that they can reset the system and right. simultaneously putting those co the, those um control measures in so that resistance becomes more and more difficult when they are ready to actually do that reset of the financial system so right and to put it in perspective, in real simple terms, over the next 27 years, they want $131 trillion to prevent a 1.5 degree change in our temperature, and that will somehow save the world. I mean, the logic. <laughs> yeah. It's insanity. And, and that people are by not quite as insane as the as the clip we're going to show later on Zelensky but it's it's pretty up there right yeah it, it's become a religion now to where you know people aren't willing to even listen to logic they just go along with it uh, because it fits within their ideology and uh yeah presenting logic to the <laughs> Mm. in one ear and out the other right yep yep oh they're just gonna send more trillions over here and more trillions over there i mean if we were to sit down and and just kind of like line item 
all the trillions that they want between now and 2050 for their different agendas, that would be pretty revealing, huh? Yeah. And huh. just just FYI, it's almost like every year or so they up it. I mean, it was ninety eight trillion. Now it's one thirty one trillion. So it's like <laughs> God knows what it would be by actually twenty fifty. I mean, it would be a hundred quadrillion or something. Who knows? Well, they each need their own acreage and mansions and their own countries to own and run. Come on, Edge. That requires a lot of money. Yeah. No that's it's insane it's absolutely we, we should insane like people... roll we should like just roll over to Zelensky after that because because it, it just gets more insane yeah in fact most of the stories we have today are pretty outlandish and it's literally like watching the hunger games you know where they're all dressed up all crazy and they're trying to segregate and and you've got the 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 power control at the top and rope calling the shots and this is the most insane. So first off, he's sitting here in a hoodie. Okay. Um, allegedly, Ukraine is just, you know, burning to the ground under terror from terror from Russia. And I'm not saying there's no war happening. I'm just saying, here's a man who was just recently in New York with all the top dogs um, in there. What did they call that? Um, what was that called? Deal oh, book, book deal. Um yeah, they had like a symposium and Zelensky was a speaker there yeah. along with yeah. <laughs> Sam Bank. So here he is sitting in his comfy leather chair with a hoodie on going on about how he believes that Ukraine should host the 2030 World's Fair. And in order to do that, you know, we need to reconstruct Ukraine. So I'm going to need $3 trillion, according to Newsweek. In here, he actually says he needs over a trillion they're saying it's three trillion. So yeah, we just saw that clip on there. And it's just the whole thing. It's like watching the craziest, most outlandish theater. It is comical. It is comical. They're blatantly just like mocking us and going, Yep, and now we need three trillion for this, coming up with the craziest shit they possibly can while wandering money right before our eyes. Yeah, I mean, I think we've exposed to some extent. Um, how there's this connection with FTX, um, with the Biden administration sending billions over you to Ukraine, us having no idea where all of that money is going, and then Ukraine coincidentally signing on with uh, FTX and working in partnership with them, and then <laughs> FTX funneling money to Democrats prior to the midterms, which... Yeah we saw how the midterms worked out. So, right. and now there's all these calls in the house to uh, investigate and to audit the money that it's been going over to Ukraine. I know Biden's freaking out about that. Um, so yeah, we have clues that this is a major money laundering operation. Not only that, we have history. This, this is one of the most corrupt countries and uh, that is completely connected with the Biden family. And mm -hmm. we have a lot of, lot of facts, just straight up facts from the Hunter Biden laptop that reveal how corrupt it is. And it goes even back further than that with, um, you know, the way that they tried to set up Trump 
and um you know the whole Russiagate thing um Ukraine was heavily involved in that as well there's just and be even prior to that um the whole um revolution that happened over there was you know prompted with Obama and Hillary and like there they have been basically Ukraine has just been a proxy for them for to be able to launder money and get away with all kinds of corrupt activities whether it's human trafficking or or arms trafficking who knows um but here we we know a lot and so to be sending billions off is insult enough but now he wants three trillion uh, it is but, like a slap Edge, in the we, face. But we wanted we want to host the World Fair in twenty thirty. Right, twenty thirty. You gotta love you know, that. Seamus Brunner, uh, awesome author, writer, friend. He uh, wrote a brilliant report on a roadmap to all of this with Ukraine and uh, Biden and whatnot. And it's uh, it's on my site i can't think of the title it's a long title but he did a whole roadmap on it it was brilliant yeah uh i don't understand how anybody can buy into the whole propaganda uh with sending billions and trillions now um to ukraine uh, at this point with everything that we know about the corruption there mm. insane it's it's comical. I mean, look at him. He's sitting here in a hoodie while war is going on, and he's talking about the 2030 World Fair. <laughs> Priorities. Oh, <laughs> the whole world is being played. <laughs> so yeah. should we talk a little bit about the uh, railroad strike situation going yeah, on? Yeah, so I was, I was, this is kind of last minute. I was trying to dig in and find the um actual summary of you know what's going on with uh congress and the actual deal here but i was uh if, if you pull up the tweet edge so by by well biden's puppet masters did this thread um about the uh trying to get it over to congress to you know uh, call a halt to this and come up with a settlement agreement here to keep the rails going and in one of the tweets they say no one should have to choose between their job and their health or the health of their children and of course Whoa. wow <laughs> we haven't been doing that for the last two years telling Zero people they have to take poison or lose their job or booting out half the damn military or you know but let's not go there let's not go there and so yeah zero self-awareness right so where we're at right now is the well okay so friday morning when we publish it will probably have already run through the senate because they're in session right now uh but so the house voted to impose the agreement to block the rail strike and um there's two different bills so they voted 290 to 131 to adopt the tentative deal between the rail companies and employees, which was reached in September. But then they did a second one, uh, which was 221 to 207 to bring in the uh, seven days of paid sick leave, which is one of the big sticking points for the workers. And so it's moved to the Senate 
And according to ABC, they're saying that in that first one that it covered a 24% pay raise, 5,000 annual bonus, and a cap on health premiums. But I don't have the material to look at to see what all is in there. And uh, so now it's sitting in, uh, they had a, they're trying to come to this agreement before December 9th uh, when the cooling off period ends. So um, and that, so now it's in the Senate, right, Edge? And they're talking yeah. about, they just voted down, I think, to extend the, the period for another two months. So they voted that down. Right. And so just who, to, gi- to give some, some context. So the rail unions and the rail companies have been in kind of this standoff lately over a few of the issues, one of them being the sick leave and a few other things. Um, Now, they're saying that if they don't reach an agreement by December 9th, that this is going to put a halt to the supply chain obviously mm-hmm. uh and so even they're even saying as soon as like this weekend because of uh just people uh speculating about the future shutdown right so mm-hmm. how it's going to affect the su- supply chain and so forth so that's why uh the house and senate are rushing this through but you're right it's like we can't even see the legislation what else are they tucking in there um (laughs) so that's not good um but yeah um this threat of supply chain issues and the other thing is like you know um it it seems to me that this administration has been actually creating a lot of the supply chain issues that we've been seeing so absolutely absolutely um, they want congress to step in and i want to understand why and i unfortunately am not intelligent enough to speak on it because i haven't had time to review all the past documents and i was looking into the law of you know with the um under the commerce clause of the constitution and going back to like 1916 and i started reviewing some of this and just that's why I wanted to see the exact legislation details because I want to know what what all they're up to. And I'm sure other people have covered this. It's just not something I've had time to really dig into. But it's something to look out for. Um, number one, what will the Senate actually end up passing? And number two, um, you know, what's tucked in there that we haven't even seen yet because this thing is rushing through. Mm-hmm. Um, and number three, if they can't come up with legislation that the, both the House and the Senate agree on, um, you know, how is this going to affect the supply chain issues? So right. just something for uh, people to, you know, a heads up for people um, that this is going on, because I haven't actually seen a lot of coverage on this. Have you? Uh, no, but I've been kind of preoccupied with way too many projects so i haven't had time to do a lot of exploring yeah well uh funny story that came out this <laughs> week that we should just throw in there for you know some giggles i guess psy-op. god <laughs> melanie but, but see but look at i mean the headline's fantastic non-binary biden nuclear official charged with stealing woman's luggage at airport so yeah i remember when uh, this nuclear <laughs> official this cross-dressing nuclear official <laughs> was hired and i remember digging into this guy mm-hmm. he's definitely somebody um 
from just looking at prior posts, social media posts and pictures and whatnot, where you're like, this guy's mentally not right. Mm -hmm. Um, there's definitely a creep factor going on there. Um, so no, um, no real surprise or shock that he has, you know, the, um, the the lack of morals you know to be able to just steal someone's luggage at the airport uh and you know you know like it's no big deal probably wears well, clothes to to work at the biden office biden's well, yeah, the, biden here's office. the funny part so they say okay so he's a senior energy department official right which i think was all part of a a wonderful mm -hmm. show in the first place um and was charged with stealing a traveler's luggage in the Minneapolis airport in September, shortly before quietly taking a leave of absence. So this guy's been out of here since uh, September. And, and I think, honestly, I think he was brought in just to create a psyop and a show and a distraction. And then whew, let's sweep him out like this. Yeah, that what makes sense. Think? Uh, yes, term was pretty short. Um, and you're right. He was put on, um, leave, uh, a month ago and they were pretty silent about why this guy was put on leave, but now it's obvious that they knew ahead of time that this guy was being investigated for a felony. Uh, so they were trying to just like, you know, kind of put that, you know, <laughs> or is it a story to slide him out? Might be. Yeah. It, it, who knows, so supposedly but... there was this luggage, Vera Bradley suitcase worth $2,325. And he grabs it off the luggage carousel at the airport on September 16th. So, and there was a criminal complaint filed on October 26th. Why, why did we wait that long? Um, I don't know. So, so they're saying after the suitcase's owner alerted police, Officers reviewed video surveillance of the carousel and identified Britain taking the luggage before removing its tag, identifying the owner. Law enforcement uh, observed Britain using the luggage during at least two other trips to Washington, D.C. on September 18th and October 9th. Um, so he denied he denied it. And then he later confirmed that, you know, he was just embarrassed and he didn't know what to do once he realized it wasn't his luggage. So he left all the clothes in the hotel that he was at and then took the luggage and continued using it. I mean, to me, this is just, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it's a cover story, but what do I know? Yeah, I, it's crazy, but this entire administration is crazy. And I think that really just the bottom line is that this story, although it's not the most pressing issue, it's <laughs> it really does kind of personify what the entire Biden administration is. It's just batshit crazy. Yeah. They, well, and they want to be. They want to come off. That's what I'm saying. Like Hunger Games. You look at how all those people are dressed. It's wackadoodle. They want to come off like this. They want to create chaos, confusion, um, shock and awe distractions in, in every way that they can and they um want to create a melting pot so this kind of plays into that quite well yeah definitely but uh moving on to uh another issue that is pressing um 
in my opinion, this is definitely one of the most important issues that we should be talking about, and we're not talking about it enough, is this whole transhumanist movement, whether it's from forcing the entire globe to take an experimental mRNA jab that we've now had confirmed by multiple um, experts um, that it, mRNA can con, uh, convert to DNA in cancer cells, right? And this was not mm-hmm. tested or, you know, they, they didn't even want to know if that the COVID jab was doing this. So we have no idea how much it's affected people who have taken the jab. But sorry, to go, go, let me get to my main <laughs> point. It's this entire transhumanist movement. And I know where you're going with this. <laughs> chips are part of it. The, this whole right. brain chip thing. And with Elon Musk, I know that he's a hero to some because of the free speech thing. But this has to be addressed because this is a freight train that it, it's moving. And I don't know that people are really standing in the way to uh, slow this thing down or stop it. Um right. And it's something that could completely transform humanity in a very, very dystopian way. So, um, right. but, but, but Edge, he wants to put AI and, you know, chip our brains so that we can fight against the AI from the bad guys. Think about that for a minute. Which he is helping to create. Yeah, it's insanity. It, it's, I mean, it, it's since- I, I really at some point should do an article on elon and literally just bullet point all the connections and whatnot because i am i am completely utterly baffled by how people are um just falling for all of this i, I just his his whole thing was to befriend everyone was to you know act like he's hundred percent with us and he's intent his intentions are all good and he's gonna do great things and fight for us and man he's really good at that he's i'll give him credit there he's really good at showing that um however you look at all the government contracts and spacex and the electric cars and the Neuralink brain chips and the satellites everywhere and um the connections he's had has with people and i just i I can't separate that and go oh but look at this nice thing that's happening over here can't do it right so i think we should roll this clip it's only three and a half minutes i haven't gotten to see it yet this is an update on where he's at we've been following and talking about this Neuralink thing for a while so now we're about to go into human trials so Yeah, I'll set it up a little bit. So um, Elon Musk announced this week that there was uh, new updates that they were going to be giving on Neuralink, his brain chip. And so they did a um, a show, uh, a, a showing of, you know, the all of the updates with regards to Neuralink and how far along they are this week. Um, I'm going to play a short clip of that. The clip um, really doesn't talk about the updates. It talks about Elon's uh, primary reason for creating Neuralink, and as we just mentioned, it's to um, merge with a an AI, a super AI that may or may not be benevolent. 
And so he jokes at the end of this three minute clip, three and a half minute clip of, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen? Well, mm -hmm. wow. Mm -hmm. All right. So I'm going to play this clip real quick. Okay. I mean, I'll talk a little bit about a long-term goal. Uh, it's going to sound a little esoteric, but it's the, it, it was actually the sort of my, my prime motivation, which was, you know, kind of what, what, what do we do about AI? Like, what do we do about artificial general intelligence? Uh, if, if we have digital superintelligence that's, you know, just much smarter than any human, how do we mitigate that risk um, at, a, at a species level? How do we mitigate that risk? Um, and then even in a benign scenario where the AI is uh, very, very benevolent, um, then how do we even go along for the, go along for the ride? How do we, we participate? Um, and the, I mean, the conclusion, I, the, the, the thing that, the, the biggest limitation in going along for the ride and in aligning uh, AI, I think, is the is the, the bandwidth, the, the how quickly you can interact with the computer. So we are, we are uh, all already cyborgs in a way, in that the, your, your phone and your computer are extensions of yourself. And if you, I'm sure you found, like if you uh, leave your phone behind, uh, you, you find, end up tapping your pockets and, and it's like having missing limb syndrome. Like where, you know, the, the phone is, it is, leaving your phone behind is kind of like a missing limb at this point. You're so used to interfacing with it. You're so used to being a de facto cyborg. Um, but, but so, so what's the limitation on, on, a, on a phone or a, a laptop? The limitation is the, the rate at which you can receive and send information, especially the, the, the speed with which you can send information. So if you're interacting with a phone, it's limited by the speed at which you can move your thumbs uh, or the speed at which you can talk into your phone. This is an extremely low data rate. Um, you know, maybe it's like 10, optimistically, 100 bits per second. But a computer can, can communicate at uh, you know, gigabits, ter terabits per second. So this is the fundamental limitation that I think we need to address to mitigate the long-term risk of artificial intelligence um, and also just go along for the ride. And uh, yeah. So, but like I said, that's, that's, that, that's an esoteric explanation that I think uh, will appeal to a niche audience, um, uh, some of whom may be here. Um, uh, but, uh, and, and that's, a, that's a very difficult problem. So even if we do not succeed with that problem, I think we, 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 like we are confident at this point that we will succeed at many, uh, it's, it's solving many brain injury uh, issues, spine injury issues along the way. So, um, yeah, so, anyways. <laughs> so, uh, actually we have uh, Justin Roiland in the audience. Uh, is, uh, hi Justin. So it's a little Rick and Morty reference here. Um, the uh, this great Rick and Morty episode about intelligence enhancement of your dog and uh, what's the worst that could happen? So, 
Uh, anyway, I Rick and Morty. I recommend it. <laughs> wow. So, so what started out long ago is he was always, and I realize this is just a clip, so I don't have the full context, but he was always talking about the brain and the spine, right? This was all or all originally mostly seemed to be about the um, healing people with spinal issues and whatnot. But he just, the way he just phrased that was putting that as secondary. And, you know, if we can't at least achieve this, then we'll hopefully along the way, we'll be able to help people with the brain and the spine. So he just made bumped that to secondary. And in the meantime, we're de facto cyborgs. And so why not just, you know, expand from there? What's the worst that could happen? Right. Right. Yes, definitely. This uh, product is being sold at first to be able to solve some really debilitating um, injuries or diseases um, like blindness or um, like a core, a spinal cord in injury um, to be, be able to help people to see or be able to help them to uh, move again. Um, mm -hmm. And that I can understand is a good thing. However, right. you have to look at how this is weaponized against us because this technology is always weaponized against us. And obviously, as he just stated, that is not the main purpose. That is just a side effect of mm -hmm. what they're creating. The main purpose is transhumanism to merge with artificial intelligence that he himself admits in the most likely scenario is not benevolent. He's like saying in the off chance that it is benevolent. Right. <laughs> well, right. We can, we can hope for this, but if well, it's and, not benevolent, and, you know, and so it's like, why would anybody want to do this? Well, I could see so many huge. Oh, the younger generation. Mm -hmm. Right. The way it would they've be like been selling it with all the superheroes and the powers and all these abilities and being able to read stuff right through your eye and oh i could totally see him selling this to the younger generation you just have to look at the iphone upgrades anybody who is like ready to get the next iphone um this would be exponentially you know greater than any kind of iphone could offer so i could see how the younger generation especially would be enticed by this just right. by you know how it would be like the next upgrade but you have to think about how there's only going to be a select number of people who are going to be getting this and what kind of advantages are those people going to have over the rest of the population this could cause a huge divide mm -hmm. in our human society between the haves and the have-nots this group of people that has some sort of super intelligence because they're constantly linked to a super intelligence versus the people who don't the majority right. well, of people who don't and also, I remember, and I don't know if they talk about it in this one, but they were saying that they it would eventually have the ability to basically transfer everything from your brain over to a computer, like all your memories, thoughts, information. Think of brain hacking. Exactly. And that's I, mean... I didn't even mention that about how uh, once this thing is implemented in people, it's you're not going to know Let's at that just point get them while they're sleeping and hack their brain and we'll have right. all the passcodes to xyz you, you think cbdc's would control people 
<laughs> well, wait, just wait until everybody has a freaking brain chip. Then you're actually being you're you're being censored before you even have the opportunity to think for yourself. Right. And, and they'll start, they'll start this out small where it's like an external device. And then it's an internal device, just something in your arm or something that's going to accentuate the eyes, or maybe we start with the eyeglasses and in the computer in it. And then we move into, which I know they already have stuff like this, but you know, and they make it more affordable for, for the, the market. And then they eventually move into, you know, they move you incrementally into, oh, this is great. And this is great. And this is great. Well, now let's get it in the brains. And now eventually let's make this mandatory at birth. Right. Yeah, you can see where it's all going. And uh, yeah, so the update is that uh, Elon Musk's Neuralink, um, he says that they feel confident that they um, that it's ready for human trials. And really, the only obstacle is just the sort of formalities of FDA approval of although he's saying um, that they've signaled, you know, FDA has signaled cooperation. However, with um, mm -hmm. Elon's recent, um, you know, free speech uh, initiative on Twitter and the, you know, the regime not being quite so happy about that. I don't know if they're going to slow walk his FDA approval or not. It seems to me like uh, the regime is very much interested in getting this kind of technology to market, regardless of whether it's, you know, Elon Musk's behind it or not. Yeah, I don't think that what's going on in Twitter is going to have any impact with what's going on here, the FDA's decision, because I think it's all a show. It's all theater. Yeah. And the important, the other important thing to note is that Elon Musk's Neuralink isn't the only company. In fact, Synchron actually is another company doing brain chips, although I've read just very minimal amount on them, uh, but that the, their brain chips are less invasive. <laughs> if that could be actually a thing. But oh um, they actually have um, already are already in human trials. Like there's 105 patients already with the the their version of a brain trip chip. So, and I think that's a reason why Elon Musk is actually rushing his Neuralink to human trials is because he actually probably wanted to be the first one to get to human trials, and he's been frustrated about how slow it's going on the development side. But once Elon's is developed, his um, the the computer power behind Musk's Neuralink apparently is much stronger, much more powerful, much more processing power hmm. than Synchron's, and so um, yeah, it would just like be on steroids. His version. What's the name of the founder of uh, WEF? I always forget his name because Klaus it's Schwab. No, 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 no. The the guy that. Uh... I'm blanking uh that's always talking there's video clips all over the guy's in, completely insane and he talks about how you know there won't be a god in the future it'll be ai ai oh. and the powers that be that, that uh i know who you're talking about i think it's i know Yo i'm totally Yo blanking Von, uh gosh now i'm drawing a blank too i can see him in my mind well, well, my point is is he says that you know, AI will be the future and we will all become part of AI and, and, you know, we'll, we will be full-blown cyborgs. I mean, that, this has been their game all along because these people don't ever want to die. They want to be immortal. So. Yep. 
And um, just side We're note. We're just the guinea pigs. <laughs> yeah, just side note to mention BlackRock Neurotech is another company that's working on brain chips. I don't think that they're in human trials yet. Um, but yeah, and BlackRock, I, I've dug into them a little bit. I don't think they're associated with the financial behemoth okay. BlackRock, but they are associated with Obama. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I do remember coming across this a while back. Yeah, so um, something to look out for, human trials coming for Neuralink in the next six months if the FDA approves it and gives them the green light, which I think they probably will. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely need to resist, uh, just as we have been resisting with COVID jabs and everything else, which they're still not giving up on. Right. Oh, no. Oh, no. They all just agreed to the international vaccine passport that they want to work on. Yeah. All right. So anything else you want to chat about before we close out? Uh, let's see. I got a solution series episode dropping. The preview drops Saturday and next Thursday will be the full episode. That's a good one on holistic health. Um, complete opposite of what we've been talking about. And um, just working on some other things to get out next week juggling juggling a move once again and selling and all kinds of fun stuff how about you <laughs> oh i got family birthday party coming up this weekend so fun. just gonna try to um you know get away from the world for a while and spend time with the family gotta have that balance yep absolutely yeah so that's all it that's all for me all, all right, right guys well, thanks for joining us today on Dig It. Please be sure to share this podcast. We're on BitChute, Foxhole, Gab TV, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Pilled, Rumble, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and you no longer on YouTube. So please be sure to subscribe to our other platforms so you don't miss a podcast. And we'll see you back next time right here on Dig It.